With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hello, everybody. Welcome into a Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Uh, coming off of a wild Saturday in the NBA and NHL oh. playoffs. For me, let's call it unfortunate. Sorry about Antonio with you live from Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi out east in Jersey. And uh, I how was it, worried uh, about you. I was worried <laughs> about you, Stormy. I was worried about you. You know, I'm not a big hockey person, but I was worried about you. I was, you know, two goals in the third period. You know, you got a chance to close it out, but you know, one thing about hockey, those guys are resilient, like we saw last night in the NBA. So, but you just got to keep fighting, Stormy. That's all I could tell you. Just keep fighting. You'll get there. Fight the good fight. I appreciate you, Michael, because I was actually going to open the show by saying, "How are you today? I hope it's better than I am." Because, man, <laughs> no, I, it's rough, and I, especially so for the Golden Knights, because we were talking about it off camera a moment ago. But Ty Delandria, who was a healthy scratch to start this series, if you wonder who is that, like I don't blame you at all. He scores two goals in 90 seconds to eventually beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-2, to two, and it was just one of those games for the VGK where they score and the Stars respond. They score, a minute goes by, and the Stars respond. It was just one of those nights for them. And um, now, Michael, for me, because I also needed the Heat to finally get the job done in the series because I have the series bets on them, and I've talked all of this talk about how the Boston Celtics didn't have the – mentality and energy to go on and win this series and you'd think two teams at home with the opportunity to close out and they can't get it done so that's my morning yeah. today well I mean look the Heat have three seconds that they're going to play back in their heads you know they, they were fortunate enough one time uh, you know when Ray Allen hits that corner three with against San Antonio that it will haunt San Antonio for the rest of their their franchise history and then last night you know I mean they do everything well. They put more time back on the clock. I'm not sure why they did that. I really don't know. Uh, I'm not sure why Al Horford would fire would would foul Jimmy Butler like he did. I, I'm not sure that was, I wasn't sure about that. But then, like Spolster said at his post game press conference, I mean the ball bounced perfectly to White, and he got the he got it back up there and made the shot. And for all that happened in that court, you know, I never felt, I don't know what you thought, but I never felt like Miami was in control of the game. 
Thought Miami got the lead and they might be able to steal the game, but I never thought they were in control, even because Boston was shooting so poorly from mm-hmm. the three-point line. I think that was the only reason the game stayed attached. And as Stan Van Gundy said during the game, if Butler doesn't play at his highest level, I'm not sure Miami can win. So, look, we thought it would be a game seven. It was. Maybe we'll get another game seven on on Monday. <laughs> a lot of ways to go from there, but let's start with the Al Horford foul because the time is ticking down. Fouls Jimmy Butler, ends up getting the three. I wish that there were Vegas odds because you know how they have those um, micro yeah. betting now for some sites. I would love to know what the odds would be for a yes-no on will Jimmy Butler make these three foul shots because it just felt like for as poorly as he had played throughout the course of the game, that he was going to be nails in that clutch moment like he had always been. He hits all three, Michael, and you feel like, wow, the Heat are really going to pull this off. They're going to win this thing at home in six, despite not being the better team for upwards of three quarters. And ultimately, you know, the, the, the final inbound play from Derek White, things go the opposite direction. But take me through your thought process when Jimmy Butler is on the line, what you were thinking. I was thinking he wasn't going to make all three because I felt like he's lost his legs a little bit in the last three games. I don't know if it's the injury, but I just don't feel like he's got the same kind of explosiveness we saw early. And, you know, that as we've as I said when the series, when the playoffs started, I wasn't sure Butler could put elite games back mm-hmm. to back. And I, I felt like he didn't have it, and he made those three. I, I don't understand why Horford would have fouled him in that situation yeah. because if Butler's making that corner three, God bless you, you're going to win. You know, you, you weren't meant to win. But, you know, the other thing is they teach you all the time in basketball, the inbounder of the basketball, you gotta, you've got to stay attached to him. And I think we saw that last night. You know, they, they gave – I mean uh, – White inbounds the ball. Spolster did exactly what he wanted to do. He took away Tatum by all by all accounts. Tatum wasn't going to beat him. And he put the ball in Smart's hand and then Gabe Vincent just lets White kind of slip by him and the ball bounced the right way to him. So, you know, they're so close and now they've got to come back and play a game seven. They found a way to stay attached. But, look, I, I was surprised. they You know, they were down, what, nine or ten? Double you know, digits, when, yeah. Like, with two minutes to go and they made these comebacks, I just kind of thought they were fortunate to be in that position. No question. I uh, Just a, one last thing on those on those free throws because I it took me back watching them, reminded me of being a little kid when you're just playing in the backyard or playing yeah. in, in the yard with your friends and you're like, oh, like just chucking up threes. Oh, but he's fouled. He gets to go to the line. Bon and Tony with yeah. a chance to go drop all three to go ahead and send your team to game seven. Like, I mean, to send your team to the finals, it's it's all those things that like you you live for those moments and then we get it. And then, so the inbound play happens and and Pat Riley always says, no rebounds, no championships, right? And for Miami, how much are you just regretting the opportunity, like not being able to box out in that moment? And what was your reaction to? Did you think that Boston, that, that Derek White had gotten the tip in before the buzzer happened? Because I saw this video on Twitter this morning of all of these Miami fans that were at a wedding watching on their phone. They think they won. They think the game's yeah, over. Everybody's losing their minds, but, but no. So did Van Gundy. So did all the broadcasters. It wasn't until they kind of huddled with the referees that they de- declared it. So, yeah, I mean, I think – do you know why they put 
more time on the clock, Stormy? I mean, you got to give Missoula some credit here for challenging yeah. the Hartford foul, which was, you know, it was a ridiculous challenge on the surface, right? Because you knew he fouled him. I mean, there was a foul there. There was contact. And at, at that point, it was stupid contact, but there was contact. But for some reason, they put more time on the clock. And those, what, nine-tenths of a yeah. second that they put back on the clock ended up being the what killed them. Because if it's 2.1, White's not getting that shot off. Yep, every millisecond counted for him to ultimately get that win. And that was the Celtics' only made field goal for nearly the last five minutes of the game, too. Yeah. So, like, just shows how critical it was in that moment. Um, and Jalen Brown, what did he say earlier this series? Don't let us get one. Now they've got three and they've put themselves in a position to force a game seven. And you said it off the top that the Celtics were in control of this game for what felt like throughout and Miami let go of their opportunity to win this game. So what does that mean now for game seven? As we push this forward a little bit, we see a big spread again, which by the way, although the Celtics did win this game straight up. The Heat did ultimately cover the two, two and a half right. points. The total got bet down from two twelve and a half opening to two oh nine and a half. I know it was sitting pretty steady at two ten yesterday, but two oh nine and a half the final total goes under any number that you ultimately ended up betting there. But now we see the spread open up eight, eight and a half. We see seven and a half right now. So money did get coming in early, at least on Miami with the points. How do you feel about this initial number for game seven back at T D Garden? So yesterday we asked, I asked JVT about what would, if Boston wins, what's the number? And he said, it depends on how the game goes, but he thought it would be around nine. I asked Thomas Gable the same thing and he thought it would be around nine. And so I think to me, the game went away to where it was clear, but how about the under the total? Mm -hmm. I mean, we were at 210 yesterday when we were on the air and, and everybody was comfortable saying, you know, the unders in play here. And I was concerned about, you know, one of these teams gets hot three point shooting that over is going to hit. Now Boston shot 20% from the three point line. So that's why the over didn't mm -hmm. come in and who could have predicted that. But now we're down to two Oh three and a half. Now we're down to yeah. 203 and a half. And so, you know, I, I, I think to me, and, and I think this line's going to close around seven. I really do. Now we have not, I just looked this morning to see if who the officials for the game, but don't you know Scott Foster's <laughs> going to be coming to do this game? Don't you know this? Of course. Of course. There we go. Um, he, it's worldwide wrestling. You know he's coming to do the game. <laughs> you love to see it. Speaking of the poor three-point shooting, though, you mentioned 20% for the Boston Celtics, very like significantly down from what we're accustomed to seeing from this team from a shooting standpoint. But 0 of 17 on contested threes, that's historically bad. That is not something yeah. you expect to see from this Boston Celtics team, and they still overcome and win. And they find a way to win. I mean, look, if you're Miami, you're saying, look, we should have won. the." If Butler, Butler said it afterwards. He said, if, we, if I play better, we win. Yeah. Okay, fair point. Right. Boston makes an argument. If we shoot better at the three point line, if we just shoot our normal average at the three point line, we're going to win handily. So there's that back and forth. And I, I think what we see on what we'll see is these runs that these teams go on based on the shooting. You know, Caleb Martin, I thought we didn't talk about him, but I thought he was huge for them. They start him in the lineup. You know, Lowry only played 18 minutes. This team lost the game and they only had five turnovers, Stormy. Mm -hmm. And the rebounding was even 47 to 47. So there's a lot to look at here where if you're Miami, you're saying, boy, this was our best chance. And yet yeah. they really were never in the lead or never in control. So that tells me, you know, Boston has warmed down. Yeah, really, really concerning. And we all know that 
big number, right? 150-0 for teams that were up three games to none in a series. So is how would you consider this? Is it an epic collapse by the Miami Heat having had that three games to none lead, or is this just a great comeback from a Boston Celtics team playing to form? Well, I mean, look, you know, it's funny. We Teams win three in a row, and we think, oh, this is great. So we don't think the other team can win three in a row. I, I think this is just Boston showing tough competitiveness, getting one game and saying, hey, look, stay in the moment. Let's just get another one. Stay in the moment. Let's get another one. We're coming home. So when they came home, after they won that one game in Miami, I felt like everybody thought that the – that it was gonna, they were gonna win game, they were gonna win game five in Boston. I think there was that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with Gabe Vincent being injured. But this is a one they dug down and played their best, even though they didn't shoot their best. They played hard and they were able to come away with the win. I, I think this is more the better team, as we often talk about. Seven game series is always about the better team prevails, right? In the tournament, one game determines the winner, and that's never, that's not always the best team. We will continue to talk about this game and pushing it forward. Um, Game seven and beyond, who's going to face the Denver Nuggets moving forward. We'll have JVT, our senior NBA handicapper, join us in about a half an hour, break down every angle of this game, go behind the counter with our guy Thomas Gable in hour two, also in hour two, get with Bob McMenamin of the Arizona Cardinals reporter um, and more NFL. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Take your sports betting game to the next level this summer with a VSEN Pro subscription. Sign up now for just $9.99 and get access to everything we do here at VSEN, including daily pro picks on all the summer action, including NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24-7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money public and sharp is going to give you an edge. Start betting smarter. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe and sign up now. Again, just $9.99. Had a great conversation detailing everything Celtics and Heat, which we will continue in a little bit. 
when VSIN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel joins the program, but got some NFL news and notes coming through over the last 24 hours, Michael. And, and this one that I want to start off with is interesting because mm-hmm. we've talked, and I know you and Femi have talked a lot over the last couple of days about Jimmy Garoppolo and everything that has been unveiled through Josh McDaniel's press conference, talking about his foot injury. And now mm-hmm. there's a report that came out yesterday from Mike Florio pro football talk detailing a little bit deeper into something that you already had mentioned here on the program, that the reason that initial introductory press conference for Jimmy Garoppolo had to be pushed back was because of his physical and because they needed to rework things in his contract. The details of that quote unquote addendum G have come out. That is essentially a, it says it expressly acknowledges and waives the risk of further injury and expressly assumes all risks of continuing to play despite the condition. So can you lay out what exactly that means and why the internet is running so wild with this information? Well, I mean, here's what happens oftentimes, not oftentimes, here's what happens when you enter into a contract. You agree to a contract, and then a player comes in for a physical, and then there's some concerns about the physical. The club still wants to sign the player. The player still wants to sign with the club, yet both sides need to feel protected. In this case, Jimmy Garoppolo was so confident that he's going to come back, he basically gave the club all the leverage in terms of if he re-injures this, this foot, which – According to doctors and all that, he won't once he puts that screw in there. So that's why they did this language. It has nothing to do with the future. It has nothing to do with, you know, they're going to get, they're going to cut him. They fully expect Garoppolo to be the starter. I think his rehab has gone really well. He's engaged in the building. He's part of the team, you know, but this is what you have to do on the business side to protect the club because you're sitting there and you don't want to risk all this signing bonus money. If the player all of a sudden, he just never can get the foot healed. Foots are very complicated. Foots are very concerning. You know, they drafted two players with foot injuries, Tyree Wilson and, the, and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be protecting yourself. To me, it's a lot of the uproar is people that don't understand the business side. Yeah. They don't understand the business side. And so they, they see this as an anomaly. They see this as something foreign. Oh, my God, they did this. No, no, this happens in almost every contract. You know, you waive your right for that injury. Players want to sign with you. you it basically, we call it a waiver. We'll get a waiver on that injury. We'll sign you. So that's what I was going to ask is whether or not this was unique. But evidently, you you don't think that that's the case because no, I, I was – Go ahead. It happens all the yeah. time, Stormy. It's all because when you take a player in, every doctor's different, right? And so when you take a player in who's had injuries or he's coming off of an injury, you got to protect the club. You know, the agents, look, the agents understand it, too. This isn't a, oh, we're not signing with you because you want this harsh language in there. You know, that's what happened with, uh, you know, when when uh, Dallas was trying to re-sign, uh, when they were trying to re-sign Randy Gregory, right? They wanted language in that contract to protect him against his suspension. And Randy Gregory was like, no, 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 I'm going to take the Denver deal. Okay, great, you did. But we're going to protect ourselves. This is not that case. This is Jimmy saying, look, I get it. You're concerned. I'll sign away that. That's not an issue because I'm going to be healthy. And when I'm healthy and I'm back, all that goes away. Right. Expressing the confidence in himself. I'm curious, Michael, who leaks this type of information? Because usually when you see contracts that come out, it's the agent saying, oh, look what a great deal that I got done for, for my client here. Who gets this information out there to a guy like Florio? Well, so what happens is somebody in the NFL, all contracts get filed by the, to the league office. They get approved. And then all contracts get filed to the NFLPA. 
And so I'm sure the Raiders didn't leak this out. I'm sure somebody in the NFLPA told somebody who then told somebody, and this is kind of how it gets out. You know, every team. So, for example, if I sat at my desk, I could look at every contract and read it. I can read it all the way through. Because we all want to, because if I claim a, co- a player, you need to know what the contract you're claiming before you put the claim in. So it could have come from 31 other teams. It could have came from one of Florio's buddies at the Baltimore Ravens, you know, and, you know, hey, I hear this on Garoppolo. Well, let me look at his car. Con- okay, I'll send it to you. It's commonplace. Okay. And so, unless you understand it, unless you understand the mechanics of it, it's really not a big deal. Now, are you concerned? about Jimmy G injury? Sure, durability is a question mark with Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no denying it. Am I concerned about his foot? No. And I'm, to your point, what you said about the the feet in general being issue, I remember when I worked for the Carolina Panthers for a time, Greg Olson, their great tight end, had a number of recurring issues with that same foot. It was like even when he was great and he was back for a couple games, something would get tweaked and it just never really felt the same after that injury. So we'll see how things play out for Jimmy G. Hopefully he is healthy. The expectation is that he'll be good to go um, for training camp when that comes around. After having the surgery, he missed the final five regular season games of last year, has only played one full season in its entirety, and that was 2019, of course, when he helped bring the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance against the Kansas City Chiefs. Keeping it in that same vein, Michael, the uh, John, thinking about Vegas, Derek Carr, former quarterback, and uh, his former head coach in John Gruden doing a little bit of work together this past week reports in New Orleans Saints camp that John Gruden has helped install uh, do a little install with the offense there in New Orleans. They have great familiarity, spent three seasons together here in Vegas. Um, he apparently worked with the Saints for five hours, addressed the team in the visit, was well-received. This is the first time in a while that we've heard John Gruden and football in the same conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Gruden's, uh, you know, Gruden is very good with the X's and O's part of the game. He's not very good with the player personnel part of the game, but he is good in this area. And he understands what makes you know, Derek Carr successful. He understands Carr's ability at the line of scrimmage. One thing Carr brings to the table is this ability to process and get you into the right play. What happens to Carr oftentimes, and even Gruden would complain about this, is when the play breaks down, Carr wasn't very good at creating the next play, creating a playoff of a bad play, right? But in this setting, you know, he's in there teaching them about how he you can get into three variations of a play or how you could check into something better, how Carr's mind works in terms of what the defense is doing as it relates to it. Very Drew Brees-like. So I think it's probably good for Carr and it's good for the Saints because they got to transition a little bit to an offense that's more suited for Carr, mm-hmm. not necessarily suited for Jameis Winston or suited for Andy Dalton or suited for Der- Drew Brees. It's got to be the Carr offense that works, and Gruden kind of has a good sense of that. Now, it'll still be West Coast in principle, mm-hmm. but the mechanics of it at the line of scrimmage will be vastly different. Yeah, i got to make things fit for Carr, and he's got a number of weapons. Year two with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, see what that offense is able to do. And because of the John Gruden side of this, and I mentioned, you know, it's been a while since we've talked about him in a positive way when it comes to football coming off of the NFL investigation of the Washington Commanders and what came out about his emails. I know he's still in uh, a suit ongoing with the NFL about how all of that has transpired. But what do you think about John Gruden and his football future? Is there a world with which we see him coaching again? It'll be interesting what happens off of this. I think this is, you know, look, he puts his toe in the water. 
see how this goes and what's the perception out there. I think there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty. I mean, obviously those emails were disgusting. They were horrible. And if you know, you know, the people that were involved, I mean, you know, it was really bad. And so you've got to get to the root of it. But what we know so far, it wasn't very good. And I think that, to me, is kind of what you've got to understand. And I think what John's trying to do is rebuild his career. And this is going to be a slow mm-hmm. process to gain trust into into what people think. And also, what did he actually, what he wrote? I mean, it's documented. Yeah, he, he reportedly still is holding out hope of coaching again. But like you said, it's going to be a long road coming back from something to that yeah, extent. I mean, I can't imagine an owner is going to be willing to give him a head coaching job, especially knowing that as a head coach, you know, other than that, those years in Tampa, I mean, let's be clear here. I mean, Gruden has this perception that he's this great head coach. He's a 500 coach. And, and you know, he had the great season with Tony Junzi's team in Tampa. But since then, when you give John Gruden control of the draft, you give John Gruden control of personnel, you give him that, it's not going to work. But then if you hire John Gruden as your head coach and don't give him that, that's not going to work either because he's going to complain and cause a lot of internal consternation within the building. I've lived it. I know Mm -hmm. it. So to me, I I think this is going to be hard. Do I think a college would hire him? Perhaps. But John in college and recruiting would be a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, we we saw how that worked out with he and Mike Mayock teaming up together to try to build build Well, go back to Tampa. Stormy, go back yeah. to his Tampa drafts. I mean, go back to that team that he left when Raheem Morris took over for him, which got him fired. You know, those that was not very good. Gain Adams, some of those draft picks they had there was a disaster. Yeah, and you just have to think, especially in today's day and age, with something like this that's following you at any stop, that's not exactly who you want to be the forward face yeah. of your organization or your program when you're supposed to be a leader of men. So we'll see what happens from this. But like I said, it was well-received. It was just a, a small, uh, limited-capacity role that he was there. We got JVT coming up next as we turn our attention back to the NBA. Are the Nuggets just licking their chops for whoever comes out of this series? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Rolling along here, this is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi out on the East Coast. Stormy Bonantoni holding it down at our VSIN studio live from Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. We had a very heavy NBA opening hour. If you missed any of it, make sure you download the Lombardi Line in podcast form. Should be up relatively soon to get the full breakdown on Heat Celtics as well as a great conversation with VEASAN host Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA betting analyst. This hour, lots of NFL talk on the way. Michael, we are going to be joined in mm. just a little bit, about 15 minutes by Bob McManaman, a Arizona Cardinals reporter from the Arizona Republic. We'll also have our guy TG, Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata in a half an hour. He'll take us behind the counter on all things betting from the weekend, but of course where the money is going in the NBA and NHL postseasons. But where I want to start here, Michael, is looking at some division losers. We talk about division winners too often, you know? So who of the group of eight that finished in dead last a season ago can turn things around and maybe go from worst to first? The Jacksonville Jaguars were the lone team that was able to do it last season. Doug Peterson in his connection with Trevor Lawrence really seemed to work out. They overtake the Titans and Colts who had down years. The Texans, no surprise. The Texans, one of those teams though, looking to see if they can turn things around with their new head coach, D'Amico Ryans. But if there's one team just right off the top of the dome that stands out to you that you think really could make the turn, who would stand out? You know, it's interesting. When when Elliot put this in the rundown, what shocked me was the Falcons were plus 250 and the Jets were only plus 280. I would have thought the Jets would have been the favorite in the division odds. Now, I understand Buffalo's in the division, and Atlanta's got Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa. But to me, that it's a little bit – I thought it would be a little bit tighter. Uh, but certainly the Falcons have an opportunity. But Desmond Ritter – You've got to count on that. I don't know if I can count on that. They've got a really good offense. They're going to be better defensively just because they were so bad defensively. But if they have any injuries, it can be problematic. I I like, even though Carolina didn't finish in last, I like Carolina more in the South than I do the Falcons, although I could see why people are betting them. Let's, Let's eliminate a couple. Like, I can't see the Bears winning the North. I just can't. I know there's some people out there that think that Justin Fields is going to be the MVP and all that. I'm not buying that. I'm going to have to see it before you get me to be there. I'm not buying the Texans are going to win their South either. So, you know, the one that jumps off to me the most are the Browns. Mm. And, you know, the Browns are 7-10. and You know, they had a chance to win a lot of games. They lost a lot of close games last year. When they put Watson in, Watson wasn't very effective. He was probably the worst he's ever been in his career. Not probably. He was the worst he's ever been in his career. I think they've improved defensively. They've improved the coaching staff defensively. Uh, and I think that that division, everybody has Cincy running away with it, but I see Cincy going through a little bit of changes on defense. No Jesse Bates. You know, they lose some defensive linemen. They've got some issues they've got to work their way through. Where's the offensive line going to be in all this? You know, they signed Orlando Brown. Can Jonah Williams play right tackle? So the Browns are sitting there, and if there's ever going to be a year where if you sign, if you traded for Watson and you're not competing for the title, What's that tell you about Kevin Stefanski? What's that tell you about what could happen? You know, Michael, the the AFC North is a really interesting division because you have the Bengals who, as you referenced, are at the top of the mountain right now, and they've 
been in back-to-back AFC Championships games. They went to a Super Bowl two years ago, and they're led by Joe Burrow. They've obviously done a lot of investing in that offensive line, but we haven't seen the dividends from that to this point yet. But every team in the division seems to be working their way up. Like the Ravens finally re-signed Lamar Jackson and are trying to build around him and give him weapons and make things positive for him. The Steelers year two in Kenny Pickett, the additions they made, TJ Watt now healthy on the back end leading that defense. And then, of course, as you just referenced, the wild card with Deshaun Watson. And if he plays at the caliber we all have seen in the past and we know that he's capable of, what could that really mean for this Cleveland Browns team and a defense that we do expect to be good once again? Well, they can look. Here's Cleveland. They got a really good running game in Nick Chubb. Now, I think they're going to miss Kareem Hunt, and I'm sure who's still a free agent, believe it or not. You know, that's kind of surprising to me that he's still mm-hmm. out there. But, you know, Chubb's so good, right? They've got a good offensive line, and they've got weapons offensively with Elijah Moore coming in to go along with Amari Cooper, and Donovan People Jones makes plays, and Njoku's a really good tight end. So they've got enough skill there, right? And then defensively, they can rush the passer. They got two guys who play the best two defensive players from Minnesota last year were Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith, and they got both those guys in the front to go along with the great Miles Garrett. So there's some things you got to like about this team that, you know, they got to find a way to win these close games. He's got to make he being Kevin Stefanski, he's got to make better game decisions. You know, why risk it on fourth and inches at your own 25 to gain three more downs? That makes no sense at all. So, you know, I think to me that's got to be the key. That's got to be the key. And if you're looking for someone to play, to me, this is a team that I would. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not because I I get the sense that Cleveland is a little bit at times just close enough Mm -hmm where they just don't have that killer instinct to finish it off. They're too analytical for me. Mm-hmm. Seven and 10 last year, season win total going into 2023, sitting at nine. To go back to what you said about the NFC South, I feel like that division is super up in the air. I know we both like the Carolina Panthers, but the Falcons, there's opportunity there. The Saints with Derek Carr, it seems like there's opportunity there. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won the division last year as a sub-500 team at 8-9. and nine. The Falcons, Saints, and Carolina were all 7-10. and 10. Um, And so that's a division that while I feel like I have a lean and I like a lot of the things that Carolina is doing, I love their coaching staff. I love what they're going to build around Bryce Young. And we all know how smart that he is at quarterback, even if he has to ease his way in as a rookie a little bit here. But that division in general, like I just I sit back and think that could go any which way it could go any direction yeah. with who they have. A lot of it's going to come down to injuries, right? And the one thing we're, you know, if you're betting Atlanta, you're counting on Ritter being good. Now, we're, we know that last year when Mariota was running around and, you know, they were making plays with more of a six-back offense, you know, that they were good. But once again, you got B. John Robinson, you got Drake, you got all the pits, you got these guys that can they get the ball to them? Are they going to be able to function effectively within the offense? I, and I'm not, I'm not sold on that with Atlanta. And then you add in the defense. You got three defensive linemen over 30 years old, which is never good. I mean, Calais Campbell will be the starter. You know, I mean, you know, I know they signed David Amate from the Saints, and he's a really good three technique player. But they're going to need more than that. Grady Jarrett, you know, he's over. Bud Dupree, does he have any gas left in the tank mm-hmm. off the injury? And he's over 30 years old. Obviously, Tennessee didn't think that. Look, I, I think Terrell's a really good corner for Atlanta. Uh, Akuda, I'm not sure he can be a cover man, three man. They'll change what they do, but I'm not sold that this defense is going to be good enough. 
Yeah, and I mean, they have the offensive weapons that maybe if you had a quarterback that was capable of getting the ball downfield, then you could overcome some of the defensive issues. Like, I love Kyle Pitts. I, I love what they did in adding Bijan Robinson, even though that was such a surprise. Um, Drake London as well coming off of injury. So they have the they have the talent there. We'll see if they can overcome. Because, I mean, even when you look at the Las Vegas Raiders the last handful of years, you think that their offense has been productive, but it was hard to overcome the worst defense in the league over the past handful of years. So yeah. the I New York... They, they got well. They, you know, they signed Jesse Bates too. They give him a safety. Okay, so we get that. But I agree with you. Is to me the one thing I think that that Atlanta can do to offset that is if they control the clock like they did last year with their run game, they'll play less defense. Mm -hmm. And if they play less defense, they might actually look better. How tough will it be for the Jets to ultimately supplant the Buffalo Bills in the division? Well, look, the Jets, I wrote about this. The Jets have, have won two games in the AFC East under Robert Salah. So, you know, I mean, I don't know where this love, like we're one of the six or eight teams comes from. Like they've got to prove they're a good team first and foremost. And are they good enough in the offensive line? And how good are they on defense? You know, I, I, I don't have this issue that they're not going to sign Quentin Williams. I think that's a fait accompli. I think people are making – that's just mm -hmm. a story that we'll talk about in the offseason because we have nothing else to talk about. But they'll get that signed. I think the question is when is a team that has never really won – they've been in the playoffs since 2010. This is not a championship. I mean, they've had 13 game, 13 playoff appearances since they won the Super Bowl in 68. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a lot of time between. <laughs> you're not a championship organization if you're that. So I think they have a lot of work to do. I think Miami will be better with Vic Fangio on defense. New England's going to be better offensively. New England, you know, had a chance to win. They beat, they've beaten my, they beaten the Jets both games last year. Yeah. Ugly, but they won. So. I think it's a. I think the Jets, if they could get a wild card, it, I don't know if they could beat Buffalo. I don't think they can beat Buffalo. We'll see. We, uh, it's it's just a team that exceeded expectations a year ago, and they still only had seven wins. So we'll see what they're able to do with this. You know, if you haven't read it yet on Vsin.com, the one quarterback away syndrome that the article that that Michael's talking about right now addresses a lot of those different things and whether or not they're able to actually be one piece away is yet to be determined. A lot of these other teams, though, on the list that I'm looking at, it's like, okay, the Commanders at 8-8, eight and eight, it doesn't feel like they're going to be able to overcome the Eagles, a tough division with the Cowboys and Giants mm -hmm. who have been improved, the Broncos in the AFC West, the Chiefs are just winning this division every single year, and the Chargers should take a step forward, the Cardinals count them out, the Texans count them out, the Bears count them out. You know, I mean, Washington lures you in because they're good on defense. They played really good third down defense last year. They played really good in the red zone. They didn't turn the ball over, only created 19 turnovers all year. The question mark is Sam Howe and their offense. Are they going to be good enough? Denver is going to be better with Sean Payton. There's no denying mm -hmm. that. I mean, look, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't a head coach. I mean, that was fairly clear. Sean Payton is a successful head coach. You know, they're going to improve. There's no denying they're going to improve. Could they, could they offset Kansas City? I mean, it remains to be seen. You know, everybody thinks the Chargers are improved. I think it remains to be seen. I mean, I think it'll be a more competitive West this year than it was last year, even though we thought the West was the best division mm -hmm. in football. 
We really did. I was going in there thinking, okay, all four teams going to make the playoffs. What's going to happen yeah. here? Uh, yeah, didn't didn't quite hit that one on the, the head, as they say. But if there were a bet to be made, it sounds like we agree the Cleveland Browns at plus 425 seems like the most attraction, attractive division bet on the board. But still so much before we are able to nail down these divisions. We got to step aside. Bob McManaman going to talk some Arizona Cardinals coming up next. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.